Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. Today we have a great episode. Um, we have Hannah Gumbo. Her real name is Hannah Thibodeau, right? Yes. Okay, but Hannah Gumbo is so much fun. Uh, we have she's a she's a illustrator, a muralist, uh, an artist, uh, creative person all the way around. We're gonna talk with her kind of about her her journey and what inspires her to kind of keep doing what she's doing and some of the work she's done so far. And she she uh, she says that. A lot of people ask her what gumbo <laughs> means, but look, for sake of knowledge, because some people may not know, and to cure that question asking round of things, you kind of have to get it out there so mm-hmm. people ultimately know. So, but first, you already know, we do have to give shout outs to our sponsors. So first, it's the Music Academy of Acadiana. They are Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages, styles. They've sent students to college and to compete in major music competitions. They've appeared on, uh, they premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice, which are somehow still relevant, but they have been on there. Uh, They are founded by University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate Tim Benson, and the Academy has been voted uh, top finalists in the best music school by reason of times of Acadiana for multiple years. They've they've gotten many awards. Uh, ultimately, their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. And you can check them out on their website, musicacademyacadiana.com. They're, the website's on your screen there. And also on Facebook, just type in their name, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, probably LinkedIn. You can find Tim Benson if you want to learn a little bit about him and their staff. So check them out. Great team. And they just renewed to sponsor us for another year. So we are thankful for that. Uh, really appreciate them. And they love the podcast. They say it's it's bigger than me, whatever that means. So, uh, and I'm glad. If it's bigger than me, that's great. So anyway, appreciate you, Tim Benson and the Music Academy of Acadiana. All right. So Hannah, welcome to the T. Uh, is this your first podcast? Uh, this is not, but okay. this may be the first one in person. I've done them over Zoom. Uh, okay. Yeah. See, 2020 has basically uh, told people that podcasts are Zoom meetings. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, podcast before COVID was like in person. You have a mic. It's a studio. We're kind of a studio, but um, I like in person. It just, there's a better energy about it. And yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about that awkward, like, hey, you're muted. situation Um, filters right cat filters oh my god that was that was hilarious (laughs) um and before we get started i gotta put my logos on and you created just for this episode a fancy uh logo for the t and i'm gonna put it up right there uh so you can see oh no what am i turning on um so hannah real quick um tell us a little bit about you and kind of who you are who I am. Okay. Um, so yeah, I say that I'm a illustrator and a muralist and, um, all of the artwork that I do is super colorful, uh, Louisiana based. Um, 
Louisiana girl, grew up in Broussard, live in Eunice now. Um, so yeah, drawing possums and raccoons and <laughs> alligators just kind of comes natural. Um, but yeah, I've been making artwork, painting, drawing for a long time. Um, but after college, I kind of, I guess, discovered more of my style and kind of went with the bright colors and that kind of a thing. And I really feel like illustration is probably like the best way to describe kind of the artwork that I do because uh, I'm really interested in connecting things. So um, not just always creating artwork that stands on its own, but like working with local businesses and people to communicate their ideas through my work too. So yeah, and uh, besides making artwork, I love traveling and uh, yeah, do it. I mean, prior to COVID, uh, selling my work at like festivals and local pop-ups and stuff. So um, for me, that's a fun way to uh, get to know people that are interested in my work because other than that, it's just kind of like you're saying with the Zoom meetings, just kind of behind a screen. Um, so yeah, I love getting to do like the murals and things like that where I can actually talk about my artwork with people while I'm making it. Okay. Yeah. So so you're born and raised in Broussard? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So how long how many how long have you lived in Broussard, like in this area? Um, so we yeah, we were like from yeah, living in Broussard, moved to Cecilia for a little bit and then basically my whole life I've been there. Um and so, yeah, it's changed a whole bunch <laughs> since I've been there. Um, what made you want to move to Eunice? So, yeah, so I've, I stayed in Broussard, like, all throughout my time at UL. And then me and my husband got married. He's from Eunice. And we basically moved after college out that way. So, yeah, I think we've been there maybe close to seven years. I lose track of time. Yeah. Eunice is uh, still kind of a small place, kind of, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like not that far, but I feel like it was pretty different yeah, for me. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, do you miss being living in this area or do you like Eunice enough to where it's not that big of a deal? I love where I live now. Yeah. I mean, I would have never uh, thought that. In fact, we were like, Ugh, do we move? Like, I didn't even want to sign a lease. I was like, I don't know if we'll want to like stay there. And it's been incredible. I think especially like being a creative person, having just wide open space like you know my commute um to Lafayette from Eunice is like not a lot of billboards it's just like a lot of crawfish fields and mm -hmm. stuff like that and uh I don't know that open space that that uh I don't know not a lot happening kind of a feeling can foster a lot of creativity um so I think that it's been a really great like transition for us and then my parents still live here so we come stay on the weekends and we got the best of both worlds yeah uh, we're not a stranger to here, so. So, so have you always been a creative person from birth? Like, when did you uh, discover your creative gene? Yeah, um, I think my whole family is pretty creative. Um, even extended like beyond my siblings. I think, yeah, I've thought about that kind of recently. Like, I just think it's part of. I guess our bloodline who we are and also uh like creativity mixed with resourcefulness which i think is like a great uh i don't know thing to learn as an artist because <laughs> being resourceful is like not an option you have to kind of figure it out as you go but um 
so yeah growing up I was homeschooled until high school so I never had like art lessons uh we did like weekly trips to the library and I would like you know how to draw a cat I'd like take home books like that and I I didn't even follow the steps it was too boring I just traced it and I'd be like <laughs> look at what I drew isn't it amazing um I can really I, I <laughs> look I never understood the whole draw the circle for the face first I'm like and then draw the crosshairs mm-hmm. I'm like I just want to start drawing the face. Why do I got to draw yeah. this circle and this cross here? Yeah, it's it's just like, yeah, I wanted the end result. So yeah, um, we all want the end result. We all want the end result. <laughs> yeah, but I doodled like weird things. I would like bedazzle things. I would just make things just to make them. And uh, my parents like really encouraged that. And we spent a lot of time like outside in nature with a sketchbook um because of the homeschooling there was like a flexible schedule we traveled a lot i think all of that fostered creativity as a lifestyle like that was almost bigger than a routine for me that was my routine was time to create time to reflect um and then once i was a sophomore in high school when i took my first actual art class and that was through the art academy arts academy which no longer exists but it was at the MP Moss Annex building. Mm-hmm. And so um, kids would be bussed in from like Lafayette High, Acadiana, Como. And we would just be this like little weird group mm-hmm. of art kids, which was amazing. So. Um, and art kids are weird, man. Like I'm, weird, I'm an art yeah. kid I, and I yeah. was a weird kid. Yeah, it was really great. Especially being homeschooled. Didn't that add to the weirdness? I mean, I've just kind of embraced <laughs> my weirdness. There's no getting around it. Um yeah so that was really cool and I think as far as like yeah like the rules of like gritting a face and almost like the things in drawing something well or painting well that you kind of want to bypass because they're boring I was forced to dig in deeper but um always talk about her Kathy Reed she's like the most amazing art teacher ever and so many people in Acadiana are still making art because of her um but her approach was really cool because she would balance that learning the skills and the measuring things with just playing around and doing like uh you know we're these high school kids who have all these big ideas and then we go to draw it and it looks like terrible (laughs) (laughs) so she would always get us to do a lot of collaging too yeah which i think was brilliant because you can piece your ideas together and you're not having to like draw everything and so it's encouraging that you're able to you know like get your message out or whatever without the skills catching up like it gives it some time so yeah that was all pretty formative and uh then I spent some time at UL doing different art classes so that's kind of the background okay so (laughs) so do you is this your like livelihood or like what do you okay so you you you're an artist by by trade yes so that's that's, um, you're fortunate I think May will be four years that I'm doing this full time. So, uh, yeah, another kind of way to describe what I do is like I'm a freelance illustrator artist. So um, part of the time is, you know, creating like stickers and whatever things that I sell. Um, And then part of that is like client work. Um, But yeah, basically every week is totally different because I'm getting work for myself and promoting myself and, uh, you know, wearing all the hats. So sometimes I have to stop in the middle of painting something like, you know, finishing a mural project and 
I really am just like focused on that, but I have to stop to make calls to line up work for like the following week. So that part I'm not super strong in, but I'm learning how to like balance and, you know, keep multiple things in motion. And then if that wasn't confusing enough, also stop all of that and just make things for the love of making it too. Cause that's why I'm so lucky to be doing this. I don't want to like lose out on that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I feel like most people are like, so what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, add in different things. Like from time to time I work with the ACA and I do, um, like K through 12, I'll go into the schools and do like quick art lessons. Uh, that's called the teaching artist program. And then, um, I'll also do like summer camps and things like that. But typically most of my work is like specific projects either for myself to sell or like with with clients yeah um so doing this full-time so i i I think you and i i think i can relate to you because i i i I do have an art background and i do stuff that's creative Uh, how do you how do you prevent burnout everybody every industry can have burnout but like with an artist there were there are several jobs that I've had in Lafayette over the past ten years that were creative positions, and I was creatively drained. Like this, these couple of companies, I won't mention them, but they <laughs> they basically shoved like this big, wide shake straw into my body and said, "Give me all your creativity. Like just give me creativity for the next four years. Like design stuff for the next four years." I'm like. I can't like mm-hmm. I'm trying and I would get insulted and he would say or this person I say he that's too much Ooh, but, revealing so much <laughs> all right I know right but this person would say uh your your stuff's starting to look all the same I'm like I am spinning my wheels here like yeah. so how do you as a creative person who does artwork are obviously uh we'll, we'll we'll show some of your artwork if you can already see on the screen the the little logo it's, it's very unique and it's creative. I love it. How do you prevent burnout? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a push and a pull to everything because uh, creative careers are, you know, they're hard to come by or whatever. There's like a uniqueness to succeeding in them because they're one of the most difficult things to navigate. And there's an enormous amount of reasons because of that. But um you know, one is that there's no roadmap for what you're doing at all. There's no way to know if you're succeeding or if you're hitting your benchmarks. You could get an amazing gig or job um, only to then not have work for two months after that. So there's, uh, it's just in and of itself kind of uh, hard. But then I think so much of the work that you do is tied to the person that you are. And it's to make good work, you have to tap into that. So there's a lot of um, reflecting and going deep, like with yourself. And um, especially for me, I think if you're freelancing and you're working for yourself, there's a level of not being able to put the blame on anyone. Mm-hmm. So um, just having to, f- to face those things and deal with them, I think helps to uh, develop some sustainability. But also, like you were saying, I mean, I think you have to create boundaries for yourself and you have to constantly be asking why am I doing this and you know what is my goal and how can I uh, support that and say no to the things that 
that aren't going to reach that goal because people will want consistency from you, which is what you're talking about. Over time, you're able to develop a consistency of your work, but then sometimes it's too consistent and, oh, wait a second, now it's stale. Um, And so bouncing even between those two things is a very tall order, right? You want your work to be consistent and people to recognize it, but not so consistent that it's boring and we've seen all of that before. Um, So I think if you're waiting for other people's um, response to your work to determine if you're in the right place, you'll never be happy, which is, you know, that's most things, but it is a little bit trickier because you're, you're putting your emotion and your, and who you are into that piece. So when it's not well received, then it can be really hard because it feels like not only is my work not hitting the bar, but maybe I'm not hitting the bar. Um, so I think just knowing that and going into it and saying, this is really like emotionally challenging what I'm setting out to do um, can give you the right structure to like keep going. So for me, um, when I feel like it's getting to be a little bit too much, I do try to like back away and clear some time out to expect less of myself. Um, Or like I've done practical things like change things in my contract to be very clear, like the work that I'm taking on and what I'm offering um, and things like that. And then I think living in Eunice and having a lot of like peaceful space and a lack of my brain feels really busy. So to be surrounded by some quiet and some peace does help me to not, you know, feel that burnout as much. Um, But I don't think I've like mastered it by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. I think I was so proud of like right before COVID hit, I had like finally planned out (laughs) <laughs> kind of like the, the things I was going to accept. Everybody has planned out their 2020. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do more events and I'm going to do more teaching these three months. And then like both of those things just ended. So yeah. again, going back to the resourcefulness, I think you can only like determine so much. So you kind of have to be loose with those things in order to not be burnt out. Like there's events all the time that I know I have to plan for and purchase products for and load up my car for and all of these things and i also know it can rain and it could be canceled Mm -hmm. so so like care and plan but also don't care at all like it's such a hard you know balance to try to find but um yeah i think it's you're never going to totally arrive but i think if you're a creative person and you're you just have to protect that creativity and check in with yourself like every week and say like what's something that I can do to make the next week go better I agree so I mean that's uh, hey if you if you can master uh, I say master you're never going to master it but (laughs) if you can maintain the level of creativity without feeling that burnout that's 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 a big step I mean for me uh, I've struggled with it and even with what I'm doing now even though it's not creative super visually like I take I take my pictures and I take them as creatively as I can. Um, there are times when even with this, as demanding as this can be, I take sometimes a day or two to like not post anything. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't have anything to post. I have a lot that yeah. I can post. But I'm just like, like I want to, I don't want to make this a stale cracker. Like, yeah, I'm, I want to put something out there that is going to be well received and there's sometimes where some of the things that I post are not like I'll get no traffic. I'm like, <laughs> I thought this was going to be great. Right. Right. And yeah, it's not pretty visually like your artwork, but I'm like, 
it's good news. And so, <laughs> you know, and then I kind of get down on myself and I'm like, you know what? At the, at the end of the day, I, I move on to the next one. Yeah. And something something else is going to hit. And I just got to remember that not everything is going to be seen by the public as something that you you thought was going to be seen. So I... I, I uh, and sometimes there's surprises where you don't even think something's that... Exactly. And then it, you're like, really? Okay. I know. Exactly. <laughs> like, I've, I've said that so many times to people. I'm like, there are some posts, some of the things I put out there, and I'm like, this is totally lame. And not that it's lame <laughs> business-wise, but... It's just not super exciting. Like, yeah. it's something that's predictable. And then it just goes ham. Like, it goes off the wall. I'm like, I was not expecting this. So, like, I have to block out two hours out of my day to watch the comments and to, to make sure yeah. that it's not getting out of hand. But, yeah, sometimes it's the things that I least expect that really go off. And so I, I guess you have that similar type of thing. Like, So what's an example of something you didn't think was going to be popular or well-received that just was blown away? Hmm. Um, I guess I was really surprised by uh, the downtown mural. I mean, I knew that, that it was going to be awesome and I was really excited about the design. But I think, so I, we had been like trying to launch that project pre-COVID. So okay. it had like, you know, there was so much waiting and so much involved. And then I basically started painting like August, the hottest point of the summer. <laughs> so it was. I remember walking down trying to go to take a picture of that mural and I'm like, God, it's so hot. I have so many really funny and like ridiculous stories about painting that. But anyways, um yeah, so I think my mind was just so much on like doing the job. It wasn't I just wasn't even thinking of like, oh, and people are gonna love it. Like I just didn't have space <clears throat> in my brain. I was so like try not to die bring water, <laughs> you know, do a good job because this is like an amazing opportunity. And, uh, yeah, so the, that was like, and I mean, I'm driving from Eunice most mornings. So I'm waking up super early and my brain is just like on the task at hand pretty much. And, uh, and then I was like, and I'd even done, you know, finishing it and people were just so nice, like reaching out. And even now, like, it's really cool to see the interaction. And I kind of like with that design, I wanted to, you know, celebrate downtown, but I was thinking of all the festivals that we have downtown, like the Po' Boy Festival and Festival International and trying to tie those in because they happen downtown. And so um, it was just really cool that I ended up painting it when all of those were virtual or were canceled or whatever. And so I had so many people just telling me cool stories like, um, you know, every year their Christmas card is like them at Festival International. So this year it's like with my mural or just these different things that I felt like the the life of it was like beyond what it exceeded my expectations. And, you know, for me, connection through my art is is really important to me. And so it just was like, it's just the gift that keeps giving, knowing that, um, People can access it anytime. It's in a really cool little area where I think before you didn't really even notice that wall. Mm -hmm. So um, even hearing from people like that come from out of town and they're like, I love this spot now. And, <laughs> um, you know, the and it highlights the businesses down there that have opened up. So it really felt like a, um, like surprising in a, in a great way. Just the response. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a, a photo that you provided of that mural. And so um, you can see it now. 
and so you're holding a, a what looks like an illustration of the mural in your hand right with yep. the mural in the background so like how long did it take you to come up with that design um it's kind of like I was saying, I mean, like, it, there's so much back and forth. So it's over a series of months, but um, it was really great. I, I was in communication with, of course, downtown Lafayette, but also um, the building owners. And so it was kind of fun to uh, have their input, like the color scheme changed a lot. And then I gave them a series of options and then kind of developed it from there. So, yeah, several, you know, sessions over time um to get there but then yeah we kind of sat with that image and we're I was so excited because I knew you know you're looking at this eight and a half by 11 and it feels so different (laughs) blown up so yeah it's just it was it was really exciting once I actually started painting it just because the planning had been you know a long time coming and you know um I was excited about it and there's so many murals that go on downtown uh, but I was excited about it because it just looked so la- it, it looked so Lafayette. Like you know, you hear that's so Lafayette. So it did. It does. <laughs> um, I mean, you have John the Revelator on, on as the character, like the the guy, and uh, that is such an iconic man. Yeah. And like, if you're driving down, sometimes if you drive down Ambassador, or if you drive down uh, Johnston, he's blowing the the horn at a different business that I guess I'm I'm guessing he's hired to do that because mm-hmm. he's attracting he's making yeah. noise and every time <laughs> I pass by him I have to honk yeah and guess what he responds with the horn and he honks back I love it yeah and so when I saw that I'm like it's just cool it, it feels like there's a it, it it brings in all of Lafayette's feelings into that artwork and I, right. I just so I went downtown and normally I I post about construction or developments. Yeah. And every once in a while I'll I'll have I'll have this like wild hair to like go do a little bit of something different to try to not make it stale. And I I took a photo of the mural and posted it, and a lot of people loved it. And you know everybody else was taking pictures of it. And yeah. And so like you said, you didn't expect that, or you you wasn't even thinking, you wasn't even in that headspace. And I'm sitting there going, I I think this is the first time that I. The, like really started figuring out who you were like as an artist like looking at all your stuff and I was like where did this Hannah person come from because this is really cool I gotta I gotta like meet this person I think I even messaged you um and was like like can you make this a t-shirt or like talking about t-shirts or something with it yeah I think it'd be a great t-shirt and I still think you should do it yeah yeah you probably sell a lot of them <laughs> like this the one graphic that um, you have there. I I don't uh, I don't have it uploaded, but I'll see if I can put it by the camera. So this graphic IRL. Yeah, that's uh, see you later, alligator. It's she thought about or somebody told her to put this on a t-shirt, but it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's too narrow, but it's still cool. But I think that one would be such a great um, uh, I mean festival. That should have been the festival stuff but you know have your people call my people (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I think too with the you know just that project it was it was really awesome the timing of putting it up and people things weren't necessarily totally open yet it was like you know that was when they were like you could pull up and they would deliver stuff to your car from the restaurants and so 
um, that little bit of like something's happening downtown and it's exciting and it's fun and that connection point and yeah like I mean also that project is a great uh, example of just it was exciting for me as an artist talking to the people involved and obviously the people that work for downtown are very creative but anyone like that I work with they usually are kind of like, oh, like if this idea works or whatever. But I love the brainstorm. Like I love the collective. I oh, mean, yeah. everyone has creativity and the perspectives <clears throat> are so different that sometimes like not to say I love it every time. Right. Like I've submitted sketches and most people are like uh, too much pink. <laughs> and I'm like, pink is amazing. Let me uh, keep the pink. Get a lot of pink on. Yeah. So I always like, you know, secretly hate my life when clients make me change take pink out but um for the most part I do think it strengthens the work and I think there should be a mutual trust I think the reason that um the work that I do has gotten better over the years is partially because I had to let go a little bit and truly partner with you know other people that I'm working with and sometimes their like perspective and ideas do make things better like um and I'm really bad about creating like a ton of products like you were saying you should make a t-shirt um but even that like enough people will tell me that I'm like okay I should probably make this into a <laughs> sticker like they know more than me um so yeah all of that like you know low-key support um feedback yeah is it really like I think helps me thrive and get excited about upcoming projects too that's great yeah well uh, uh so we're about we're a little bit beyond midpoint, so um, I got another sponsor I want to quickly mention, and then we'll go into your favorite question of the gumbo name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's uh, do this real quick. So uh, while we're at it, so uh, Grays Acadiana, they uh, they sponsored us for this month. Um, they were only going to do two episodes. I I, had, I I decided to throw them into this episode uh, just for the heck of it because. And I appreciate the support, so uh, that goes farther than money does. So Grazy Canyana, they are Canyana's original grazing company. Um, they provide the community with the highest quality charcuterie and cheese boxes, platters, and tables. Uh, they have a new location that they're about to open uh, next week on the Boulevard. It was supposed to be this week. They've moved it back uh, a little bit farther, but on the Boulevard Shopping Center off of Arnold Boulevard and Johnson Street. Uh, they, their guests will be able to have tons of choices to put together as far as cheesy gift sets uh, from the pantry area. You can pick up and grab, grab and graze options as they call it. And you can fill your home with quality, unique home essentials. Uh, it's a mother-daughter duo that hopes to bring people together over beautiful, delicious foods and to gather and graze. So you can check them out at grazeacadiana.com. And that's Gray's, like, uh, G-R-A-Z-E, Acadiana.com. And uh, you can see on your screen now, uh, they got, I got, I took a photo of one of their, uh, from Facebook, one of their cheese boards, their charcuterie boards. I know uh, in France, you say charcuterie in a little bit more of a fancier way, but, you know, I'm speaking English around here, so charcuterie. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate Gray's Acadiana for their sponsorship this month. All right, so back to... The topic of the hour. Um, I'm gonna ask you because I have to. Uh, gumbo. I know it's a. I know what gumbo is. Everybody that's watching probably knows what gumbo is, and if they don't, they are severely uh, been neglected. <laughs> um, 
what is it how did you get it like mm. do you, is it is gumbo your favorite food or like what is gumbo from not at all i think like my husband just one day started calling me that we were eating gumbo absolutely no idea but it kind of stuck and then how every nickname gets formed you know yeah but um yeah i think at some point i started an instagram account and my name was taken and i always tell people like my full name first middle last name is so common in lafayette every time i go <laughs> sign up for like whatever a library card they're like are you this address this address and they're like naming eight different people i'm like no i'm none of those <laughs> but obviously Thibodeau, if i lived anywhere else then there would no one knows right, how to pronounce it right. so it's just kind of this funny thing so yeah i think it, i just was trying to get a username so i used that nickname and then people that like knew my art through that didn't know my name other than that so anyways it's fun i started signing work with it and just kind of like owning it and um What's really funny is that uh, sometimes people really think it's my name. So they're like, nice to meet you, Mr. Gumbo, Mr. Gumbo, to my husband, which is like my favorite because <laughs> it's just like totally, you know. Mr. and Mrs. Gumbo. Mr. and Mrs. Gumbo. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, that's about it. Well, that's so simple. But I know. Yeah. So I said, it's not that maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to make up a better story and then just, yeah, just start telling that one. Well, I love it. I think it signs well, and and it's 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 memorable. Like Hannah Thibodeau, like you said, totally it's, forgettable. Come it's on. not forgettable, <laughs> but it's it's like you said, it's super common. Too many letters. There's an X in it. I'm yeah, Thibodeau X. Yeah, we gotta simplify that. <laughs> but Hannah Gumbo, like nobody's named Gumbo, like, yeah. and it sticks. I um, the Arts Park, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Anyways, they released the people uh, for this this grant and the people that won. And my name was like, go, like double the size because Thibodeau is long. Then they added the gumbo. And I'm like, now this is like really too much because <laughs> technically I'm Hannah, like Thibodeau, gumbo, vidrine. Like we got too much Cajun happening in this in this name. But God. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Art Spark. So, um, what is it? Um, I'm. I think I've heard of it, but I don't know the specifics of it. Yeah. So, um, it's a really awesome program. It's done uh, annually through Lita and the ACA. And so, three years ago, I believe I applied. Um, we were living in Eunice. There was. I had so many ideas for like the historic downtown, and no money right <laughs> and the businesses are always hit up for like everything and so I was like really just like spinning my wheels like I, I feel like you know this is what the city needs but I need like sponsors how do I like you know bring this vision and so I was introduced to the arts park and so it's basically a um artist stipend so and it's funded through the ACA and Lita and so they are really interested in local artists um, in all of Acadiana that have an idea that's just like a little bit bigger than what they can really go for. And so they partner um, with that artist and they provide like funding. And then also, um, what's the name of it? The uh, Dustin, it's like- Oh, the Opportunity Machine. Thank you so much, yeah. Um, They also come on board and do like some training. And so it's really just, trying to support artists in a specific project but really their career as a whole so three years ago i applied 
specifically to create a large mural downtown Eunice and the wall needed a lot of work and it needed like a lift and all of these like you know high ticket items and so I was one of the artists awarded typically I think it's like seven to nine artists awarded um every year and it's in music theater dance you know everything visual arts um so yeah that was an amazing project that kind of launched me to be able to do more mural work and so this project um that i applied for i was also awarded along with i believe eight other artists this round and so um that'll start this month and then our projects will complete in november so you'll see different things like happening around acadiana but um when you see that art spark logo you know that that was funded you know through there there's a few projects um and the logo is going to be on the uh, the project or yeah you're going to be okay. yeah and i think a lot of people are like you said familiar with the word art spark or have like you know heard it or seen it um but i think it's it's really cool because it it helps you kind of bring this idea to life and for me it gives you the credibility of um you're backed by lita and the aca so people email you back a little bit yeah. <laughs> quicker um yeah credibility man you know it's hard to build up but once you get it it's it's good to have yeah so yeah this project i did a year ago i had like a um a solo show and i built a photo booth and i hand painted it and so that was really fun it was out of cardboard so it didn't last very long but i thought the idea was really like something i wanted to kind of investigate again so I'm going to be building it out of hardwood this time and I'm going to be partnering with a photographer and then taking portraits of like a mover and a shaker in our community. So it'll be highlighting um, a local business woman. They're all, it's four women that um, the grant will fund and then a local photographer will help me photograph the, the artwork, which is going to be really fun. So, um, and these little like boxes, these hand painted um, photo booths will be placed in really unlikely areas. So like middle of the horse farm, middle of a swamp. Um, so I, that's kind of something I'm interested in too, is really bringing art into the everyday and bringing it outside the walls of a gallery and just making it uh, more accessible in like yeah. a lot of different ways. <clears throat> so I think it'll help me do that and also build community with other photographers and creative people. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, look, man, congrats on that. That's, uh, it's nice to see, uh, you know, local people, especially artists who are notoriously struggling at yeah. some point. Um, you know, it's nice to see that, uh, that happen. Um, I got a question. So with murals, this might be the, uh, hopefully not a dumb question, but how do you, as an artist, set that mural up so that it doesn't deteriorate? Or is there a way to kind of help prevent that? Yes, I think the way, you know, the variety of the ways people create a mural is just as varied as creating any kind of painting. So people do it in tons of different ways. But for me, it's just a ton of paint applications like um, and just buying more quality paint that that holds up well and then treating the surface really well. So if there's, you know, holes or cracks or I've I repair, repair brick and do all that kind of thing so that hopefully the air takes longer to get in and not peel my paint away right away. Um, but yeah, it just goes back to time. I mean, the longer you apply paint, the more 
layers it has to go through with sun damage and rain and wind and people touching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Which you can't help that. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's part of it. People are appreciating it. It's just weird, you know, touching it. But hey. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that's what I do is is just try to slay more paint on there. What's an like? What's the longest? I know I've seen some old murals, but like, what's the average lifespan of a mural's like um, vibrancy? So that would deter- be determined a lot by the placement, but luckily, the I think a lot of the uh, walls that for the exterior murals have been with heavy shade and a little bit of a lip to like stop, you know, not as much sun exposure, not as much rain exposure. If you have that happening, I mean, it's going to be vastly different but i would hope 10 years before okay. a touch-up you know yeah if if uh well the eunice one that i finished the first thing people were telling me was i hope it survives mardi gras <laughs> which is like what survives mardi gras yeah it's like a pretty accurate but funny uh statement and it survived um three mardi gras so far so that's good yeah yeah God, well, you know, 2020 Mardi Gras, you can't really count that unless Eunice had one. And it's... I would imagine people were still downtown, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not speak of that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so like, what is one? What is your most? What is your favorite mural? Like, what is something that you are most excited about, or like, what is something that you remember as far as your work goes? Like, is there any particular moment that you go back to? Um, I love being outside. So the, the exterior murals are really, even if, I mean, I've worked in freezing rain and really hot and I still, it's, I'm like thriving in it. Like, this is so great. Just cause it's such a, uh, a switch from, you know, being behind my computer and things like that. I like doing both hand in hand, but, um, I did this really awesome mural on, uh, an old barn that was, built I think in 1962 and so it was built by uh, this man and his neighbors and friends and his son who's now um, he's since passed away but his son lives on the property and owns it wanted to pay a tribute to his dad on the very uh, barn that his dad built and so I sat with them and we they told me a bunch of stories about their dad and I kind of um, worked that into the design and so there was just a lot of uh, just special, I don't know, a special bond between creating the artwork and getting to know the people that hired me. And I'm out in this beautiful countryside with this barn, like connecting to the <laughs> land, painting this. It was a, a really, uh, just a really cool project. And then on top of that, uh, they're retired. So they were always home cooking me biscuits bringing me coffee. I was like, y'all are spoiling me rotten. <laughs> this is not the norm for uh, a paint site. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. And I mean, it was, uh, you know, typically with, with doing murals, it's a little bit more of like a high traffic area. So I'm having to worry about, you know, putting up little barriers and bringing my stuff in and out of my vehicle. And that was kind of eliminated with that project too, is much more relaxed. And uh, it was, it was really nice. So there was chickens outside, frogs <laughs> kept jumping on the barn. I'd like paint something and they would like ruin the paint job by like sliding down the wet paint. Oh, wow. So it was funny obstacles, but um, definitely a great memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And what about people, like, whenever you're in public doing these paintings, do you, do you like when people come up and talk to you about the artwork? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's always people who are weird. <laughs> I've literally had a man that came and I was like, my back was turned and I was working on a painting and he came and moved all my stuff and was sitting in my chair like opening up my ice chest to get a drink and I was like you gotta go get out of here <laughs> people uh you'd be surprised how much they push the boundaries but um no for the most part people are just like excited and they want to know you know what you're doing so I, I usually do some sketches um which is the last image you showed me holding yeah. that paper um I usually leave that out so people can look at it and you know ask them okay what do you think this is going to be or what do you notice about the design um, so yeah, I think it's, it's really cool. And then people, uh, have more of an understanding of, especially when it's public art, um, they have like more of an understanding of the person that built it or what went into it, which is missing a lot of times. I mean, you can go to like a show and see, uh, you know, musicians warming up and getting all their gear out, but with visual artists, you're typically just seeing the end result. And so I think there is a lot of curiosity and like, hmm, how did you, you know, how did you go about this or what's your next step? Uh, so I think it's also that people can see that taking shape and be able to ask questions. It's a pretty, yeah, yeah. I welcome it. Yeah, cool. So we got a couple of other photos and I know we were, uh, we're over some of the, the time frame that I have, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in knowing a little bit more. So, all right. So the first picture Oh, second picture technically is um this one is a couple that has a painting and obviously it looks like you did it because why would i be showing it um <laughs> tell me a little bit about this photo yeah so this is um you know a lot of times the the work that i share is partnering as like creating artwork and partnering with a business or an organization but um, I also work with individual families. And so this is a recent piece that they commissioned me to, uh, create some artwork. So we did a painting that, um, but it'll also be, a, like a digital print and there's some more that's going to be with that project. But, um, we started with the painting and the quote in the middle is what, um, the dad tells his kids when he drops them off. And so it's just become like, a you know, important, uh, piece mantra for the family yeah and then same thing like we kind of just talked about stories and and what matters to their family and the things they do for fun and I incorporated that as sort of a border around it and so um yeah it's just a, like a celebration of who they are as a family and so cool that they yeah. hired me and trusted me to do that and <laughs> told me their story and um I love the result and it says have fun and work hard learn big things mm-hmm so that one's cool and then um next we have this shot and it looks like obviously you're you're recording yourself i'm guessing a time lapse yeah so um this is last year and i um i had some illustrations that were in a coloring book and so there was a lot of different artists involved and i decided to blow up one of the designs and do like a a live uh, time lapse of me basically coloring it in and same things just kind of like trying to show some process and also um, I'm out in in Eunice and 
Somebody yeah. met me the other day and they were like, you're that girl that takes pictures in fields. <laughs> you see that and girl I was like, actually, yeah, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's so cool. here's me in a field. So uh, another field. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> this one right here <clears throat> is really cool. You're on a ladder. Uh, it looks like you have a big boa or something some like a big snake. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so this is photographed by Brittany Boudreau, who is a local photographer. She's amazing. She also um, will be working with me in the the upcoming ArtSpark project. So, um, but yeah, this is a great example of me uh, just making stuff just to make it. This gigantic cardboard snake is like in three pieces and could barely fit in my car. And <laughs> so, yeah, I think... Um, we were doing a shoot that just kind of showcased different pieces and same thing, pulling art outside, letting it breathe, having fun with it, not treating everything like it needs to be, you know, in this white sterile space, but like just letting it be a part of yeah. your life. And so I, I thought this would be a fun piece to photograph like out in the wild, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's like made up of three pieces that are kind of like nailed to the back, but it's super lightweight. And we just ran around the field and took some photos. The wind was like super <laughs> uh, picking up and the snake almost blew me away. But oh, um, it's always doing that. Yeah. And as uh, moving to Eunice, I've been introduced to the world of snakes. So I'm slightly oh, fascinated wow. with them. They obviously don't look like this, but you know. Yeah, yeah this is pretty big. It'd be crazy <laughs> if this is just the norm. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do I have here? So we got... Your little sticker, tell me a little about, about this. Obviously, I see the Acadiana flag. Yeah, so um, when I first started, this was probably like three or four years ago, I first started doing markets. Um, I was actually really like scared to show my artwork, and I was like just selling bath bombs. And I'm like, the yeah, it's too scary to show your art. And then slowly I started designing stickers for my bath bombs, and then I was like, I could also just do separate stickers. And so that was kind of my segue into being, you know, less afraid of showing my work. And um, so I did kind of a series of like Louisiana inspired stickers and I still sell this little guy and it's cool. They're indoor, outdoor. So I see them on people's cars and yeah. uh, ice chests at events and stuff. So that's cool. Yep. And then we have this mural, which you recently done for a business called Pedia Trust. Um so they obviously commissioned you for this. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so this was not outside, but it was still basically a construction site. So some some days there were people like repairing floors and jackhammering outside. <laughs> and so, yeah, as an artist, you never know what kind of site you're going to show up to. Um, but yeah, their vision was really um, to create, uh, it's a daycare facility. And so they really wanted the entry point to make kids feel at home and to provide that uh, color and that fun. And so, again, they trusted me. We worked together. And, yeah, it was, it's really nice. They've, they've done a lot of remodeling of that building, but it did feel a little, uh, you know, not as inviting for kids. Yeah. So it was really great to create that piece and just bring in the color for it. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, you tagged me in this um, post of you doing this mural, and it, it piqued my interest not only because of the artwork, but the it was the former Cucolare building, and 
I, this is what I do. I talk about development. So I was like, God, I appreciate her tagging me in this. Plus the artwork is great. Like I definitely need to go there now because if I don't, I'll probably never be able to see this artwork and I'll miss out on opportunity to uh, tell the community about this business. And I'm thankful that I was, I had the opportunity to write about this business. It blew up. I don't know if anybody really wrote about the business. Maybe, maybe after I did, maybe another company did, but, um, learning what they do it's not just a daycare i thought it was just a daycare but they are a daycare for medically fragile children Mm -hmm. which i didn't know was a thing like i don't think about that i don't have a child who's medically fragile he's fragile let me just go ahead and say (laughs) there his he gets upset over everything but same but (laughs) medically fragile and i was like what is that and so um, one of the doctors there was telling me about it and I'm like, I didn't realize that people struggled finding, like, I, I go back and think about it, like my kids in the daycare and there's no kids who have m- any major medical issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like out of sight, out of mind. Like you don't think about where do these kids go? Well, it's centers like this that are, you know, thank God for these centers because where do these kids go? Yeah. And, and it's a huge building which is perfect for them because each, you know, area is separated by the kid's age and needs and there's medical equipment that comes along with that and machines to help lift them if they're in a wheelchair. And so, um, yeah, what an amazing business they are to like, uh, take that on and to, you know, when I was there, part of the sledgehammering is to build a ramp to make it wheelchair accessible and all these these technical things you have to think about, but that they went a little bit deeper and were like, we also want these kids to feel excited to be here and feel at home. And, and that artwork definitely would pull that off. Yeah, and then um, the the building is a, I'm trying to think of the architect's name, the Lafayette architect. Um, oh, God, there's so many. Um, <laughs> this is like a... I mean, it's the red brick with the towns, A. Hey Towns. Is that right? I think it's A. Hey Towns. But um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And it's uh, it's like they have the plaque in the front. So it's this beautiful building, this historic building. And I think those windows were covered up because it was a spa and they were trying to keep it like mm-hmm. dark on the inside. I never went inside, but this is just what people told me. But they pulled that back and there's these beautiful, like huge... Um, curved windows so I mean yeah the the mural is like a addition to already beautiful space but it's just such a nice um, you know for the families that are that are going through this and it's it's less scary to drop any kid off but knowing that you know your child is in a fragile state and having such a um, a great staff and a beautiful place to drop them off at is I think even more uh, amazing so yeah yeah well uh I want to get into one more thing. I'm going to show your website because I want to let people know that they can support you uh, and through other means because a lot, not everybody owns a business or can hire you to do a mural. Yeah. Um, so your website is hannahgumbo.com, H-A-N-N-A-H. And if you don't know how to spell gumbo, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so this is your website here. I, I obviously see you got uh, a, a nice uh, cast cascade of imagery here and your logo is really cool everything's it feels it feels very it's pink it's There's, very it's pink, pink. <laughs> hey if you want some oh, pink God. stuff you know where to come okay this is cool so uh the barn mural is that what you were talking about 
Can you see it on there? Um, yeah, it should be. So there's this one right here. It just says barn mural. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, mm -hmm. so I want to I wanna view this. So this is what you were talking about. And those are, pro yeah, there's some progress shots. All right, this is cool. Hey, don't be fooled. It looks like it's small from that angle. It's no, really massive. I mean, looking, massive. At, looking at your person, <laughs> right, it's a, it looks like a pretty big space. Good grief, look at that. I love the I love the use of colors and the shapes. I love that. And so the part that I painted on was actually destroyed in a storm, and there was brand new oh. tin put in. So that was kind of that kind of helped shape the design too, because the old tin that's like you know rusted and has all this cool patina kind of thing happening, we kept that. That's to the right, and there's I did some kind of like stripes going down it. Yeah. But I didn't want to cover all that up. But what the artwork is on on the left was brand new shiny tin that didn't really. Uh, you know, go well with the, the old stuff too. Yeah. So, oh, cool. And yeah. then, so this is some, I guess, some, some people that wanted to take a photo with it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you probably can swipe down for the end. Yeah. I mean, the sunsets are just beautiful out there. I took so uh, many pictures. Um, see, wouldn't you want to work here? This is a magical place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the completed piece, like a partial shot of it. Um, and Calvin Smith, that's the name of the man that built the born and, uh, Daryl Smith is his son that hired me. But, um, so we definitely wanted to put his dad's name up there front and center. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a, such a great picture and it's like, it's very, uh, farm-esque. I mean, the, <laughs> the artwork and everything, like it's, it's fitting. Like, I love how you're able to adapt the style you have into different, um, scenarios. Thank you. Yeah. And then some more. Uh, what is that? A flamingo? Yeah. So um, they were very like, this is um, some senior pictures that oh, were yeah? taken on the property. But they were like, oh, we, you know, whenever you want to finish. And then they're like, actually, Halloween is our family reunion. So it'd be really great if you could finish the mural. So we did that. And one of the panels from the design, they turned into their uh, family uh, reunion shirt. Oh, wow. So it was like really, so people were in costume, they had the shirts on, and they were all gathering the Smith family around this beautiful bar mural. That's awesome. Yeah. So you got some more here. Um, I don't want to go through every one of them because I want people to go to your website. But uh, you can definitely check out all of her uh, past work here. Uh, you can check out the downtown Lafayette mural. There's that one. Uh, there's so much here, uh, lots of good stuff. I mean, this was like, a, it's very similar to that barn one. It has that same kind of uh, geometric shape style. Mm -hmm. All right. And also um, on the website, you can click. I do a monthly newsletter where I have like a little where freebie you, you can download. It says connect? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's keep in touch. Um, you can sign up to that e e email new newsletter. Mm -hmm. Uh, keep up with stuff. You can, obviously, it looks like you have your Instagram connected. Yep. So, um, and then you can also, I think, buy stuff. You can have a shop. I surely do. Yeah. All right. So, free shipping. Everybody loves free shipping. Um, <laughs> so, you do like um, cards. Like, uh... yeah. So, mainly, uh, so yeah, stickers. I have some bandanas, candles, prints. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good little variety. Um, and this is, this is all the goods that when I set up at markets and stuff, I bring with me. So, um, yeah, some enamel pins. Oh, the chill pin. That one's cool. 
Yeah, and some little interactive um, travel prints where it's like, you know, you can mark off all the places, all the national parks you've been to, all the states you've been to. Oh, that's cool. And then uh, I got the coon sticker there. Mm-hmm. State Golden. Oh, my God. My wife just got a State Golden tattoo. Oh, nice. Uh, where's this? Where's the phrase from? Well, the out, Outsiders, right? The okay. book? Okay. Well, the Our Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Yeah, my wife got it because of, of the Golden Girls. Yeah. I mean, it applies to so much, which is it why it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. I love the I pins. I felt like that was a pop quiz. What is the <laughs> reference from? <laughs> well, I just have to make sure. I was like, maybe it's not the same, but my yeah. wife, Stay Golden, Golden I think, Girls. I think of both those things, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and the crawfish head on the thumb. That one's funny. I like that. This is cool, man. Um, yeah, I, I could I could sit here all day and look at this, but uh, we all have things to do. <laughs> so Lunches um, to eat. Yes, I'm hungry. Uh, so... Yeah, Hannah, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I'm, I know we started a little bit late, but I think it, it worked out because, uh, you know, the juices are flowing. Yeah. And uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to mention before we uh, head out? Hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, just uh, you can connect with me on Instagram or through the website. Um and I'll be posting more of that ArtSpark project, yeah. that painted photo booth. So be on the lookout for that. Awesome. Well, look, um, so what is your uh, Instagram handle? Hannah Gumbo. Hannah Gumbo. <laughs> uh, and then Facebook, just type in Hannah Gumbo. Look, literally, nobody else has that name. That's why you created it. Uh, Credit to my husband. Yes. Yeah, so just look up Hannah Gumbo if you're interested in looking up her artwork. You can go to hannahgumbo.com to look at her her about and you can connect with her you can also shop all of her products that she creates it's very very unique um give her give her some support and follow her on the social medias because it's really fun watching the progress and all the different places you go and um i'm gonna i'm done hyping you up i'm done hyping you up. i appreciate the hype <laughs> all right guys it's uh like i said it's friday Get going. Um, <laughs> chances are you're, you're leaving the office right now because Lafayette closes at 12, so traffic is probably a booger. But uh, be careful. Have a good weekend. And that is it. Hannah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, have a good one. For information on sponsoring the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette, Go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click Advertise.